we're in the Kingdom Come series, all right? And uh, I'm going to be diving into some things today that I think are very important that, that we share in this series. First, I got to tell you that I never expected for this series to go as long as it has, all right? It's brought us pretty much throughout the whole summer. But when I was praying in the middle of the protest, in the middle of the riots, and in the middle of everything that was going on in our nation, in the midst of the pandemic, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, what do we need to hear? You know, and usually I have our preaching calendar done, you know, from January to December, all right? But I put a pause on that. And this series, okay, was what I believe that we needed to hear because what I really believe in our heart that our nation, our world needs right now is the kingdom of God. And the only way that that kingdom of God is going to be manifested is through us, okay? The Bible says that we are ambassadors of the kingdom. Can you say that with me? Ambassadors of the kingdom. Can we repeat that one more time? Ambassadors of the kingdom, all right? And you might look at yourself and say, you know, I don't think myself as an ambassador, all right? But that's what the Bible has called us. We represent the kingdom of God here on earth. So I felt the need to explain to you about the kingdom and how the kingdom operates and what is a kingdom. And today we're going to continue, you know, a little bit in that topic because we need to understand that the kingdom of heaven is the only message that Jesus preached when he was here. Everything that he preached, okay, whether he was preaching about prayer or he was preaching about forgiveness or he was preaching on giving, it wasn't subjects just on their own, all right? They were all tied in to the kingdom of heaven. You guys understand what I'm saying? All right? So I want you to get it like this. The message of God's kingdom is what ties all the Bible together. The message of God's kingdom is what ties all of the Bible together, okay? Listen, when the central point of connectivity is lost, it's easy to see Bible stories and scriptures like if they were on their own. But when you understand that the kingdom of God is what's being spoken, it ties everything together. The Bible starts to make sense. God's plans and purposes start to make sense into our lives, all right? The word kingdom, okay, very easily means rule or authority, okay? God's rule or his authority. Now, the reality is that the kingdoms of this world are in chaos right now. All you need to do is turn on the TV and see all the different things that are going on. The kingdoms of this world are in chaos. And I really believe that the only hope that we have is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God coming here to earth and manifesting itself through you and through me. And I want you to understand something. The Bible says, not Chris, the Bible, that the kingdoms of this world, okay, would be shaken. We're not surprised by the things that are going on. The Bible says that everything that could be shaken will be shaken. But at the end, there's one kingdom that is going to remain. At the end, there's one kingdom that is going to remain. And you want to read about that? You read Daniel, okay, chapter 4. Okay, you read Daniel chapter 6. It talks about the different kingdoms through time. But then it talks about one kingdom at the end that will overrule and overpower all of the different kingdoms of the world, and it's the kingdom of God. Amen? All right. 
So today's message, I've titled it, Restoring God's Purpose for You and Me in the World. That's the title of today's message. If you're home taking notes, you guys, I'm always going to encourage you guys to take notes. You never know when you need to go back to one of these messages and to what you wrote. Restoring God's purpose for you and me in the world. All right? So I want to talk to you guys about purpose for a minute. Because purpose should be the driving force behind everything that you and I do. It should be purpose. There should be a purpose why you got up this morning. There should be a purpose why you decided to come to church or to tune in this morning, okay? Have you ever gone to the mall without a clear purpose in mind? You know what happens when you go to the mall without a clear purpose in mind? You end up buying a bunch of stuff that you don't need and that you were not planning to buy. Has that ever happened to you? Actually, one of my pastors, Pastor Larry Stockson, says, don't even go to the supermarket without a shopping list. Because if you go to the supermarket without a shopping list, you're going to end up picking a bunch of stuff up that you don't even need in your house and that you're not even going to eat. All right? And the worst thing is to go to the supermarket when you're hungry. That's happened to me the, the other day, man. I went to the supermarket and I was fasting. I do, I do every week, I do a one-day fast. And that day, I had to go pick up some stuff for the kids, and my wife sent me to the supermarket. And when I walked in there, I'm fasting, and I just passed by the deli, and that smell. I was like, oh, man, I just feel like getting a foot long. I feel like getting that fried chicken right there. I feel like getting some everything. So don't go to the supermarket without a list. You need to have a purpose, all right? You need to have something clear in the middle of all that. Now, today I'm very proud of myself, and I got to say why I'm proud of myself. Usually, I'll come here and I, I won't talk about it, but today I got to say that I am very proud of myself. You know why I'm proud of myself? Because this Friday that passed, something huge happened in my life. I went to donate blood. If you know me, okay, every time I see one of those trucks that want you to donate blood, Okay, I see the truck by this door and I leave by the back door. Okay, every time that they have to take out blood from me, I got fainted at the doctor's office. All right, there's been moments that I've, they've taken blood out from me and I don't know how I end up, okay, in a stretcher laying down with alcohol, you know. I don't know how that happens. But you know what happened? That after I got the COVID, I got this email if I wanted to go and donate blood, if I wanted to go and donate plasma. And I said, you know what? If my blood could help somebody right now that is going through, you know, this whole virus, they're going through this issue, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I go ahead and I wrote an email to the people that wrote me. And I'm like, listen, I want to set up an appointment and I want to go. And it was still like about a week away, you know, so it was fine. But as the day started to get closer, I felt like my heart would start beating. You know what I'm saying? I would start to get nervous. And Friday morning when it came around, I'm like, oh, man, today's the day. I'm like, today's the day. Today's the day. I, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So anyways, I go to this place to donate blood. I walk in through the thing. I'm super nervous. I'm praying in the car. My wife couldn't go with me, so I had to be by myself. Babe, I love you. I know that you're watching me right now. All right, I had to go by myself. I'm like, Lord, if I faint, who, who's going to take care of me? You know what I'm saying? So I walk into the place, all right, and I see that they don't have chairs. 
they're all like these nice little, you know, like, you know, like beds, you know, like stretchers. I'm like, all right, so they're going to lay us down to do this. So anyways, I go into the place. They asked me like 60-something questions. They were all crazy. And finally, this lady's like, come on, I'm waiting for you. Get over here. So I'm like, oh, man, I felt like a sheep being led to slaughter at that moment, you know. So I'm walking, I lay down, and she goes, what arm do you want? I'm like, the reality, I don't want none of them, but I'm here, so you just pick an arm. You know what I'm saying? So she goes, okay, we'll go with your left. And then she's like checking me. She goes, oh, your veins look great. And I'm like, they do? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got good veins. You know, I can see them. I'm like, man, when you put that thing in there, you make sure you get the vein. Because the one that I most felt bad was one day a lady that she couldn't find my vein, and she started moving the needle. man. And I was looking at it. That's the worst thing. I looked at it, and that's when I was gone. But anyways, so this lady, okay, she finds my vein. She puts the thing to pump here. She gives me a little ball to be pumping and everything, and she gets it. One shot. She gets it. And all of a sudden, she starts pumping my blood, you know, and I start feeling like a little wheezy. I'm looking the other way. She goes, you want a Gatorade? I'm like, sure, bring a Gatorade. She got me a Gatorade. I'm drinking the Gatorade. And like six minutes go by, and I hear the machine, beep, 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 like that. And I'm like, yes, I'm done. I'm done. And I tell the lady, am I done? And she goes, yeah, yeah, you're done. And I'm like, okay, I could go. And she goes, no, this was session one. And I'm like, what do you mean session one? And she goes, yeah, right now we took out 200 cc's. We need to get to 1,000. There's going to be four or five sessions that we need to do about six minutes each. And that's exactly what I said at that moment. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, I got to do this thing like three or four more times right now. <laughs> and she tells me something that this is what I'm talking to you with this message today. You know what she told me? She goes, you know what? We collected 200 cc's already. If you want to look back, there was three bags and they were all like by the bottom. She goes, in reality, we would need to complete all three of them. But we collected 200. If you want to go, you can go already. You know what? I looked at her and I told her, I'm like, no, my purpose was not just to collect that. My purpose was to be able to help somebody out completely. So we need to stay here the whole day taking out blood. We're going to go ahead and do it. And she goes, all right, let's go. You're going to have about one more minute to rest. And we're going to go ahead and put in the next one. And we're going to go. My purpose determined that I was going to go through the suffering <laughs> and go through the whole issue. When we have a clear purpose in mind, it will guide us through even the most difficult situations. When we have a clear purpose in mind, it will help us, okay, navigate purpose. Okay, I want you guys to understand here. Purpose it's the reason for which you do something or for which something exists. Purpose is the reason for which you do something or something exists. It answers the question, why? Purpose answers the question, why? I remember being young and asking the Lord a lot of times, Lord, why am I here on earth? I would get up sometimes, you know, at night, now we look up at the sky and look at the stars and say, Lord, do I really have a purpose in this life? What, what, what do you want to do with me, Lord? And I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. 
Lord, why is it that you put me here on earth? What am I supposed to do? And a lot of times we do so many things without purpose in life. But if you're part of the Numa Church family, I want to let you know something that's very important. We've created a whole process in this place to help you, okay, find and discover the purpose that God has for you. And that is our growth track. And I got some great news for you. Now in October, our growth track is going to go back in place, all right? So all the people that come to this place, you want to figure out what's the purpose that God has for you. The growth track is a four-step process, okay, four weekends, first weekend of the month. It's step one all the way to the fourth weekend of the month, which is step four, all right? Now, one of the words that I want you guys as a church to learn is to live on purpose. Can you say that with me? Live on purpose. We want to live on purpose. We don't just want to exist. We want to live on purpose, all right? Many of our lives, okay, Without a clearly defined purpose, we're just walking around aimlessly. We're just filling in space. We're just getting up in the morning and having lunch at noontime and watching a little bit of TV and going to bed at night. And then the next day, you go back to the same thing. You go to work. You come home. You turn on the TV. But let me tell you that there's a great purpose that I believe that God has for each and every one of us. And it's our responsibility to discover it. I want to tell you something, church. I really believe that our greatest, the greatest tragedy could, that could happen on this earth is not death, but is somebody living without a purpose. Because when you walk around aimlessly without a purpose, man, it's so sad. It's frustrating. People get depressed when they don't understand why they were created and what they're supposed to do. So here's a scripture that I want you guys to go to. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, 21. Once again, today's message, restoring God's purpose for you and me in the world. Proverbs 19, 21, it says this. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Can we repeat that? Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Whose purpose is going to stand? God's purpose. The Lord's purpose. The word purpose, okay, another meaning for it is original idea. The original idea, okay, of something, and God had a purpose in mind when he created you, when he created you at home, when he created you guys that are here, he had a purpose in mind. Because God doesn't do the things aimlessly. God doesn't do things just to do them, okay? I'm going to give you a statement that I want you guys to, 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 to have in your heart, okay? Need determines the creation of something. Need determines the creation of something. Espy, uh, can you lend me your phone a second? I forgot to come up here with mine. For example, let me see if you're taking notes of my preaching. 
A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. Ashley, what are you reading here? <laughs> All right. For example, this that I have right here in my hand. Isn't this an amazing machine? For example, there was a need that somebody had and said, you know what, wouldn't it be nice to have something that I could talk in, but that it could be an agenda at the same time, and that I could actually go online and get my emails, but at the same time, if I need, here we go, uh, here we go, here we go, but if I need to use a flashlight, I could use a flashlight at the same time. Isn't this an amazing, amazing design? This is incredible. A lot of, all of us in this place, you guys at home, we have something like this, and you can do a bunch of things. You can waste your day in a little contraption like this because somebody determined that there was a need, okay, that there was a need, and that need needed to be answered. For example, the ladies that are here, okay, I help my wife around the house sometimes, you know, washing the clothes. But the thing, okay, that we hate the most is folding the clothes, all right? Anybody hates folding the clothes? Raise your hand, all right? Folding the clothes takes so much time. So the other day I went online and I discovered, all right, I discovered a website called Foldyme. And it's a machine that is supposed to come out sometime this year or next year that you just put the clothes into it and it brings it out all folded. I'm like, oh man, that's going to be item number one. The moment that comes out, people are going to love that machine. Because all you guys that hate folding, you need a problem solved. You need a necessity answered. What do you need? Somebody that, something that will solve that. So the, it's called the Foldy Mate. And some of you guys are going to Google it right now while I'm here. Foldy mate, you know, and it has a waiting list. You know, I was going to fill it out. You know, it's like we have a, a waiting list. You can fill out this form right here. I'm like, man, I wonder how many people are in front of me right now, you know. How about the COVID vaccine? Oh, there's a need. <laughs> and I know some people are like, I'm not going to put the vaccine. I'm going to put the vaccine. That's a 666 vaccine and a lot of stuff that is going on. But the reality is that there's a virus, and there's a need for something to help with that virus. Need, okay, need determines the creation of something. So if purpose, pay attention to this, if purpose determines the reason why something exists, what was God's purpose with humanity? If purpose determines the reason why something exists, it answers the question, why? What was God's purpose with humanity? Do we have the slides back there, ladies? I want you guys to look into this. We saw this. Okay, God's original purpose. What was God's original purpose? His original purpose was to establish and extend his invisible heavenly kingdom to the visible planet Earth. That's his original purpose. He wants to bring heaven to earth. And the way that he wants to do that, okay, next slide please, is God's original plan. What's the way? To use human beings, those that were made in his image and likeness, to administer his kingdom here on earth. That's God's original plan. 
His purpose is to bring his kingdom. His plan is to do it through you and me. And God's original assignment, the next slide, okay, God's original assignment given by God to Adam was the dominion of a king over the earth. God gave the dominion of this earth, the rulership, the authority of this earth over to humans, over to Adam and to the sons of Adam, you and me, okay? Genesis chapter 1. If you guys could come with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. This is a scripture that I really believe is the basis for all this, okay? Key, key scripture to understand our purpose. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. It says, then God said, let us make men. Who's that us in that conversation? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion. That's the word rada. That means kingdom. That means authority, rulership. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. It keeps on repeating the same thing here. Male and female, he created them. Both male and female are created in God's image. Because there's a doctrine that is around that says that it was the man that was created in the image of God. And that the woman was created in the image of man. No, both of them were created in the image of God. And God blessed them. Oh, this is so amazing. How did he bless them? By telling them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's how God blessed them. So God's desire has not only been, all right, pay attention to this, that man will be part of his kingdom. But that man would be used by him to take care and extend his kingdom. And we see that clearly here. We see that here when he delegates to Adam and Eve the responsibility to govern here on earth and accomplish his purposes. I want you guys to look at me real quick, you guys at home. The problem is when we try to live for our purposes and not his purposes. Your purpose is intertwined with God's purpose. You cannot live your purpose here on earth apart from God's purpose for you. It's not God's purpose and my purpose. No, there's one purpose. It's His purpose. And we need to understand that. Okay? Now, how was it that God wanted us to accomplish this? Well, it says that we were made in His image. Can we say that word? Image. Okay, we were made in what? And God's what? Image. Okay, I want you to write this down. Image means that we were made to be spirit, nature, okay, and character like God. In His image, God is spirit. We are spirit. Okay, before your flesh, your spirit. 
And God made us according to this in his image and spirit in nature. What do you mean in nature, pastor? For example, God's nature is a loving nature. The Bible says that God is love. He's holy. God is holy. Okay. Creative. Oh my God, there's nobody more creative than God. Let me tell you that you're creative because God is creative and we are made in his image so we have his nature. And then in character, for example, integrity. (laughs) Integrity. That's part of the image that we bear. That's why we need to walk in integrity. When we walk in integrity, we reflect God's image where we go. Faithful. That we will remain faithful. That reveals God's character. Another part of God's character, generous. God is a generous God. So we were made in his likeness, all right? We have God's stamp on us, his likeness. You know, a lot of us buy stuff, you know, and it says made in China. It has a stamp on it, you know. Or made in the U.S., it has a stamp on it. You know that the stamp that you have, it says made in God's likeness, and you have a stamp on it. Build forge tough, and they put the Ford on it. Well, you are made God tough, because you have his image. And then likeness, okay, that was the word image. Now likeness, you know what likeness means? I'm going to break it down to this simple phrase, that they may function like me, (laughs) We're made in his image, spirit, nature, character, and in his likeness. Now that they have my image, I want them to function the way that I function. I want them to do what I do. What I do in heaven, I want them to replicate it down there on earth. And how is that we were supposed to do that? Well, it says here that God blessed them by telling them, be fruitful. First thing, be fruitful. Okay, you know what that means, guys? Be productive. Be productive. Now, that verse that you were reading, Espy, that was a good verse for this part. Because you were talking about the sluggard. And that was the verse you were reading there, all right? Be productive. The Bible says that God blesses the hand of the diligent. But he doesn't bless the lazy. If you're at home waiting for a check to drop in from the U.S. government, you're like, man, why haven't they signed this stimulus bill yet? What are they waiting for? No, you need to get to work, man. No, there's no work. No, no, send your application to like 30, 40 places. Go and knock on doors if you have to. Be productive. Be productive. God told man to be fruitful. Be productive. Multiply. Okay, multiply means reproduce yourself. Reproduce yourself. Be productive, reproduce yourself. Okay, what did Jesus say? Go and make disciples, reproduce yourself. Then the other word here, fill the earth. Not only reproduce yourself, but distribute yourself. Fill the earth with people like you. With kingdom-minded people, fill the earth. And then the last word is subdue it. Subdue it. You know what subdue it means? Take control. Take control of the planet being the dominating species. That's what God wanted us to be. 
the dominating species, people that were productive, people that were multiplying, people that were distributing themselves. And God says, now I want you to be the dominating species. My kingdom going into all the earth. And for that to happen, Genesis chapter 2. Come with me to Genesis chapter 2. I hope that you guys are learning. Like I told you last week, this is something that has been brewing in my spirit since 2009. 11 years with brewing this. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm teaching you kingdom concepts so that you could walk in this, all right? Genesis 2, 7 and 8 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So God forms the man from the dust. Okay. And then he does what? He breathes his spirit. In the New Testament, that's the word pneuma, the name of this church. He breathed his spirit into the nostril of man, and man became a living creature. And what did he do? He put the man in a place called Eden. You guys remember when I told you what Eden meant? You guys that were here? You guys at home? I told you that Eden, okay, was not a physical place, but a spiritual atmosphere where the presence of God opened a door to heaven. So that wherever man was, that atmosphere would fill the place. Man was created to function in that atmosphere. You and I were created to live in that Eden, in that Eden, a place where the presence of God manifests, bringing king, the, the, the kingdom of heaven to earth. What was God giving them that so that they could extend it to every corner of the earth? So that every corner of the earth would be filled with the kingdom of heaven. The first thing that God gave man was this amazing kingdom, all right? Government, okay? Sovereign authority. And you know, since when God gave that to men, come with me to Matthew. This is going to be something that I really believe is going to let you understand this. Matthew 25, verse 34. Since when did God give man the kingdom? Matthew 25, verse 34. Look at this verse. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. First, I want to talk about that word inheritance. What's an inheritance? An inheritance is something that's been prepared for you, set apart for you. There might be like a will where your name is on it, and it's old, all right? An inheritance is not something like from last week or five years or ten years ago. No, an inheritance is something that, you know, the inheritance that my grandma left me. 
the inheritance that my grandfather left me or my father before he died. It's something that is sold. How long has this inheritance been prepared for you and me according to the scripture? It says, since the foundation of what? Of the world. Since the foundation of the world. And what's the inheritance that he's prepared for you and me? The kingdom. I want to say a couple of things before we close today. First, God wanted, listen to this, only one race here on earth. This whole conversation that we're having about blacks and whites and Hispanic and discrimination and Chinese, God wanted one race. You know what race? The human race. One race. The human race. One nation. Not all these nations that we have. God wanted one nation. What nation? A holy nation. That's what 1 Peter says. He's called us to be a holy nation. He wanted one community. Community of faith. God wanted one culture. Not different cultures. He wanted one culture. What culture did he want? The culture of the kingdom. And you might tell me today, Pastor, and then what happened? Where did everything go crazy? Just study. Those that want to study it, study Genesis 11. Now, that was nice, man. It was like just heaven invaded when that thing started playing. Study Genesis 11, and you'll understand when the whole plan messed up. You could put it a little lower-ish. God wanted one race to fill the earth with the culture of the kingdom. And what happened, Pastor? Men messed up. Adam messed up. And we declared our independence from the kingdom of heaven. I want to tell you that when men sinned, okay, in that moment, Adam didn't commit sins. He committed one sin. Man sinned against God. He rebelled against God and his authority. God rebelled against God's authority over his life. And I, wanna, I want you guys to understand this. That when he sinned, he declared his independence from the kingdom of heaven. This is what originally happened, okay? The fall of man was not the fall from heaven. A lot of us think, oh, man fell. No, it was not the fall from heaven. Man was not in heaven. It was the fall from dominion, from authority, from rulership. The fall of man was the government of earth declaring its independence from the kingdom of heaven. The fall of man was the disconnection of earth from heaven. The fall of man was committing high treason. The fall of man caused the loss of a kingdom. So when Adam fell, I want to repeat this, and I've said this throughout the series, and you guys that are new, it's important that you hear this. When Adam fell, okay, man did not lose a religion. Man lost a kingdom. Man lost authority. Man lost his rulership over the earth. I'm going to tell you what he lost. He lost a royal family. 
He lost a kingdom. He lost a community, a society, a culture, a government. Now there was a promised solution. When man fell, the good news is that there was a promised solution. What was that solution? To restore the kingdom back to man. And with that, our purpose in this world. Real quick, come with me to Genesis 3.15. Adam sins, and God comes to clean it up. And, and the Lord says to Adam, Adam, what happened? And he says, no, the woman that you gave me, he talks to Eve, and he goes, what happened? And she goes, no, the serpent that you created. And everybody's playing the blaming game. We all know that. We all know how to blame somebody else for our mistakes and what we've done. We have a generation that does not want to admit mistakes, that does not want to take ownership. And in the midst of all that, God comes to clean up the mess, and he says in verse 15 of Genesis 3, I will make you and the woman, he's talking to the serpent now, I will make you and the woman enemies with each other, and your descendants and her descendants will be enemies. One of her descendants will crush your head. It's talking about Jesus, the descendant of the woman that crushed the head of the serpent, and you will bite his heel. In this promise, church, you guys that are watching at home, in this promise, God declares how he would return the kingdom to mankind through the son of one being born out of a woman. That will crush the head of the serpent. That will crush the head of the serpent. That will restore the kingdom back to us. That would put us back in that place of authority that was God's original intent and purpose. When would this happen? Last scripture I'm going to read to you today. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. Oh, and next week, you don't want to miss next week because we're going to dive into this passage right here. For unto us a child is born. This is God's divine strategy of how to restore the kingdom back to man, how to put us back in connection with our purpose. Unto us a child is born. This is not just a Christmas verse. This is a purpose verse for you and me. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders. You see, it doesn't say, and he will bring a nice religion, another movement. No, the government will be on his shoulder. And his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. The moment that Jesus came, the kingdom came, and there's no end to that kingdom. It will have no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The seal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here's where Jesus enters the story. This is where Jesus comes in.
You see, if you and I today see the Bible and God through this lens of what we're talking here and, and, and we understand that Jesus did not just come to start another religious movement, he did not just come to, to preach some nice messages and just to die on a cross to send us to heaven. No, because if that was his original purpose, the day that you invite Jesus into your heart, you would be immediately shipped to heaven. So the question is, why did he leave us here? Because our purpose is not in heaven. Our purpose is here. You don't need to be in heaven. Oh, but pastor, what are you saying? What do you mean that I don't need to be in heaven? God has everything under control in heaven. Here's where he needs things under control. And he needs you and me to get it under control. Actually, for all those that are waiting to go to heaven, I have some news for you. The Bible says that it doesn't end in heaven. That heaven actually comes down and we end up back here again. You haven't read that? Oh, read Revelation 21 and 22. And there was a new heaven and a new earth. And I saw the holy city coming down from heaven to the new earth. Oh, I'm back in this place again. It's that you and I were created for this place. We'll be in heaven for a little while. And then back down here. Our purpose is here. Our purpose is here. But Jesus comes to restore God's purpose for you and me in this world. I want to give you some homework. As a good teacher, right, Dita? Teachers give homework. You got to give some homework, guys. I want you to put this into practice, number one. Okay, very important. I know that I've been teaching some stuff that you're like, man, I, I really don't understand all this. You know that we have all our teachings and our YouTube channel? Numa Church Miami, subscribe to that channel and look at the series. If you haven't been able to come, if you haven't been able to tune in, take notes. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You need to renew your mind with the truth of God. Understand these concepts. Number two, if you consider Numa Church your family, your spiritual family, okay, and you've joined our church maybe this year or maybe a few years ago and you've never done our four-step growth track, get ready for October. Because I want you to live on purpose. And it's our responsibility to discover and find out what is our purpose. So you, I need you to do the growth track in October. Okay? And the third thing that I want you to do, very practical, I want you to ask God for forgiveness today. If the Holy Spirit has been giving you conviction that you have just been wasting your time around and walking around aimlessly, and that once you discover your purpose, you tell him, Lord, I'm going to live for that purpose. I'm going to live for the purpose that you put me here on earth. I want that purpose to be guiding me in everything that I do. I want you to close your eyes. You guys at home, close your eyes for a second. We're going to come before our Heavenly Father right now. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me with this message? What are you talking to me? Maybe you're there and you're like, man, I really need to, I, I really need to find out what my purpose is. Because I'm tired of living life. You might be 19, 20, you might be 30, 40, you might be 60. Right there where you're at, I want you to ask God for forgiveness. Tell him, Lord, I, I didn't even understand that I had to find out what my purpose was. I've been looking to heaven at night asking, what is my purpose? And today this pastor tells me that it's my responsibility to discover it. Let's say. 